All right, so tell me, folks, do you know what the difference between the real Jesus and a picture of him is? Let me tell you. It only takes one nail to hang the picture. There are Jews in the world. There are Buddhists. There are Hindus and Mormons. And then there are those that follow Mohammed's but. I've never been one of them. Oh Lord, oh you are so big, so absolutely huge. Do you think maybe he's compensating for something? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. What do we learn? I don't know, sir. I don't fucking know either. Even though it looked like a simple comment, it hurt. Look, this man eats with tax collectors and sinners. I was one of those tax collectors, so I know how they feel. Tax collectors are really well liked. In the primary elections many years ago, Steve Forbes urged voters to adopt the flat tax and dismantle the Eternal Revenue Service. Arthur Godfrey proclaimed, I'm proud to be paying taxes in the United States. The only thing is, you could say I could be just as proud with half the cost. And Leno reported a long time ago, Jay Leno that is, that according to President Clinton, he looks forward to when citizens can phone the IRS and receive the appropriate response to a query. I eagerly wait when I may phone the IRS and hear, sorry, that number has been disconnected. And then there was the boxer Joe Lewis's infamous response to the question, who hits you hardest during your ring career? To which he responded, Uncle Sam. The public dislikes tax collectors. More has stayed the same than you imagine. In Iraq, archaeologists discovered a 3,000-year-old tablet. The item was inscribed with the words, You can have a lord, you can have a king, but the man to fear is the tax collector. You cannot even understand how much tax collectors were feared and loathed in my time because we carried out Rome's orders. We were viewed as traitors by our people. Yes, I'll admit it. I was headed for financial success because there were bribes and kickbacks. I might have saved enough money by creatively structuring my collections to ensure I'd never worry about money again. But a man must accept himself. <laughs> Deep down, I always felt ashamed of who I was, what I had done. I did not seem to have the willpower to change. I resemble the whale that I once read about in your papers. A gray whale might have entered Californian River in error. A whale dubbed Phyllis is thought to have been one of hundreds of whales traveling north in the Pacific Ocean to Alaska when it made a false right turn under the Golden Gate Bridge. It became lost in the San Francisco Bay. The whale traveled roughly 25 miles north via the San Francisco Bay, San Pablo Bay, and the tidal waters of Petaluma River 
following an instinct that told it to swim north. According to the story, experts tried unsuccessfully to convince this bewildered grey whale to change its course by playing recorded whale music. On the Petaluma River, there was a boat of of biologists and federal, state, local authorities wrangling with this issue of what exactly to do. I feel sorry for the whale. There was a period in my life when I knew I had strayed off the path, but I could not make a U-turn. My peers encountered someone traveling in the wrong direction but needed help to reverse their course. I'm sure you've seen that, and my peers' contempt could not convince me. And maybe your friends, well, they might be having a fight with a bottle. Maybe they're in an illicit relationship. Or even with this on spinners practices. Being a part of something terrible when you know it to be wrong is dreadful. You initially try to convince yourself that it's all just minor. Then you declare that you will stop when necessary. Then you realize you can't give it up. For some, it's similar to food. Did you read about the novel type of soap gaining popularity in Japan during the 90s? It was soap used to remove fat. This is very true. Japan's love of heavy Western foods like French fries and spaghetti were now on par with the traditional fare. And accompanying by the desire to maintain a thin figure, <laughs> According to the Economist of London, the evidence of this can be found in the customs halls of Tokyo's Narita Airport. In that summer, passengers returning from Beijing and Hong Kong were found with thousands of bars of seaweed defat soap. A soap said to wash the pounds away. Those who exceeded the 24 bar limit set by customs had that soap confiscated by airport officials. See, a bar of defat soap costs roughly $2 in China, but $15 in Tokyo. And Japan's health ministry had to warn the customers in that September of 95 that this product might not meet with their expectations. <laughs> Don't you wish that was so simple? Just wash away obesity, regret, sin, all those negative things. It is challenging. I remained at my tax cable guilty, corrupt, but powerless to do anything. I was a sinner and a betrayer of my own people, but I was powerless to turn around. See, when you're in that kind of position, most religious people want nothing to do with you. The Pharisees undoubtedly avoid me at all costs, and I understand that, too. They were our faith's defenders, you see. Without the Pharisees, the swirling paganism all around us would have sucked our faith away. And the law was studied by the Pharisees. They kept it in place. More specifically, they adhered to the law as close as they could. And they stayed away from me as a result. See, I was the worst kind of sinner in their eyes. Without a doubt, the Pharisees were, I don't know, decent people. And simply put, they lacked empathy for many 
a lot like the believers. They're more likely to shun you than to offer you assistance. And there's a cruel poem originally written, written by Oscar Wilde for such individuals. It goes, The chaplain would not kneel to pray by his dishonored grave, nor mark it with that blessed cross that Christ for sinners gave, because the man was one of those whom Christ came down to save. Oh, I don't mean to criticize. Some of my best friends are religious people. It's just I found a better way. To tell you the truth, I found the way. See, one day, I was working at my tax office when this man passed by. He was unique compared to other men. You could see the acceptance and affection in his eyes. He was a man of strength and a strange kind of sympathy. When he noticed me sitting in the tax office, he simply said, Follow me. And in just that way, follow me, I commanded. What about it then? I did. I pursued him. I didn't even bother to put my scroll and pen away. I just simply got to my feet and left. He goes by my office while I've been fighting my predicament, feeling guilty, regretful for unable to change, in that instance, I could make a change I previously believed was impossible. It felt like brand new life was thrust upon me as I was born. Now there's a tale of a man from Fort Lauderdale who was swept off in a garbage can. He was so inebriated to know that the waste in that bin would surely be taken to the county compactor for incineration. Thankfully, someone at the incinerator found him. The safety director of the incinerator, Eric Celia, stated they saw some hands. He would have likely been bulldozed, buried, covered over. Celia continued, when he was freed, the man was awake and taken right away to North Boward Medical Center, where he was treated for his minor cuts and bruises. Reflecting on it, I can see I was just like the stray in the garbage can. Despite my financial prosperity, I felt hopeless in a life as he did. I don't know what would have happened to me if Jesus hadn't passed by my table that particular day. Nevertheless, he did pass by, and he said, Follow me. Consider that me, a tax collector who's reviled by my own people an outcast. However, he invited me to follow him. At that time, I had no idea why he would be interested in someone like me. I learned of it a short while after, though. Ironically, it happened when several religious figures approached him to voice their criticism. They questioned, Why does your master eat with sinners and tax collectors? And the master responded to the query with a statement that has forever altered how Christians view people who are far beyond the ranks of the righteous. He declared, Those who are healthy have no need of a doctor. But those who are ill, I want mercy, not a sacrifice, he continued. Go and study what this means. 
Then he said these wonderful final words. I came not to call the righteous, but to call the sinners and the outcasts. And although it was wonderful, I wasn't the only one. It would have been challenging to find a more unusual bunch of followers of Jesus. There was Mary. She was there. Probably aware of all the gossip surrounding her. The following group also included Simon, Andrew, James, John. They all raked a fish. Philip was there. He was from Poseidon. Philip. His name was Greek. Philip was thus approached when some Greeks came to learn about Jesus and Philip was very too shy to speak to the master he requested Andrew step in and there was Nathaniel who is also known by the name Bartholomew can anything good come out of Nazareth he said mocking Jesus' hometown come and see commanded Philip and Thomas followed after that. He's known as a skeptic, though he's stubborn. He had right intentions and definitely had the attitude. Then the majority of you have never heard of Thaddeus or James the Less. Or Simon the Zillard. He was a rebel with Jesus. It was easier for us to be in the same room. Otherwise, we were at each other's throats. And of course, Judas of Iscariot. He was also present. In fact, a stranger probably would have viewed him as the group's most promising member. And me, he might have already figured it out by now, but my name's Matthew, son of Alphaeus, sometimes known as Levi to my friends, the tax collector Matthew. I don't take pride in my past. William Barclay, the scholar of the Bible, once referred to me as a quizzling as one who has sold himself into the hands of the country's masters for gain. Of course he's correct, but it happened in the past, not today. And Jesus once gave me an offer I could not refuse when he stepped into my tax office. And he said, follow me. And I did. The tradition holds that I adhered to him until my untimely demise, dying a martyr for him. I was such a devoted disciple that one of the Gospels, first one in the New Testament, might add, designed to me, the Jews who I once betrayed with the Tardic audience for it. I wanted them to understand that Jesus was the promised Messiah of the Old Testament. I wanted children to understand the impact that Jesus can have on people's lives just as I had on mine. I obeyed his instructions and followed him to the furthest reaches of the planet. It's because I travel so often, most academics can't even agree on the location of my martyrdom. Whether it was on, in Pontus, on the Black Sea in the northwest, Ethiopia far to the south, or Persia to the east, they only know that I never went back. That's what brought me to this podcast today. Perhaps someone listening is traveling in the wrong direction, and you're helpless to stop them. You know, you can turn the corner with the help of someone. You may know someone who is traveling in the wrong direction. A member of your family, a neighbor, co-worker. Perhaps you dismiss them just like the religious people did with me. 
So let me ask you to take it through. Jesus had the talent of finding something of value in everyone he encountered. It gave others like me hope, enabling us to change. Perhaps you know someone who might benefit from your acceptance, affection, or maybe even your affirmation. Or perhaps you ought to consider yourself as a church. I bet you're a wonderful and lovely group listening in. You bring that credit to your neighbors. However, some individuals could feel excluded. Perhaps as a result of their social standing, maybe it's the color of their skin, maybe it's the lifestyle they've chosen, or the way they choose to pray, or who they've fallen in love with. I'd like to ask you a query. Do you come and listen to help the healthy? Or do you choose to listen to better understand how to care for the sick? If Jesus can bring about such a profound shift in my life, then perhaps there are people to whom our church here could be reaching out to. Maybe a young person who's alone. Maybe a father's child. Some family struggling financially. Or someone devastatingly hurt by another church. Who can predict what will result from it? Hell, maybe one day they'll be given a gospel name, as I have. I know, I know, I keep changing how I'm doing things and everything else. I just felt like it was good time for a change. So I sit here and polish my thumbnail. I'm going to talk about a couple of things. One, thank you for listening. If you're listening to this and made it all the way through, let me know what you think. Like and share, of course. Follow me in all the places where I have my ooh, nail file. Neat. There's some sharp nails here. Anyway, you know what I'm going to ask you for? Give me a like. Give me a follow. Enjoy this. Let me know. I need to look at all my comments to see if anyone else has said anything about my last few. And I'm sorry for missing last week. I didn't want to do anything for Trinity Sunday. It was kind of a tough week before. And my parents came into town. And I was just stressed out and I forgot to write anything up. Anyway, love you all. Thank you all. Mwah. See you next week. Promise. Bye. Love you, fuckers.